0: You gotta question everything. I mean, I'm not saying you have to debunk everything or try to argue everything, but you have to question everything at this point. That's it. Welcome to the common sense theory, baby. Common sense, that's all we ask. Let's go! Hey guys, what's uh, going on? Hope everybody's good, hope everybody's doing great. Um, Today I wanna talk about the Nuremberg Code. I'm not sure if everybody knows what that is. But um, it's a pretty important piece of history that I want to talk about that in the, the Great Barrington Declaration, which I think also has turned out to be um, quite in h- hindsight, um, right on the money. And people ignored it and kind of clowned it. Um, on, it was written on October 4th, 2020, during kind of right in the, the midst of the huge pandemic pandemic. Um, but this is, it was formed by three doctors, one from Stanford University, one from Oxford University, and one from Harvard University. So um, these are not just yahoos. <clears throat> these are absolutely the most informed doctors of their field. So anyway, let's start with the Nuremberg Code, which has to do with, um, I'll just, I'll, I'll start by saying the the basis of this is to set It's a set of ethical research principles for human experimentation created by the court in U.S. versus Brandt, one of the subsequent Nuremberg trials that were held after the Second World War because of all the it started because of the horrific things that Germany did in World War II. from racial hygiene to unethical medical practices i mean all these it's totally crazy they started the extremist national socialism the national socialist league in 1929 to purify the german medical community i mean it's just it's psycho anyway so the nuremberg code was written um And after World World War II, a series of trials were held to hold members of the Nazi party responsible for a multitude of war crimes. The trials were approved by the President Harry Truman, May 2nd, 1945, and were led by the United States, Great Britain, and the Soviet Union. They began on the 20th of November, and Germany is what became known as the Nuremberg Trials. So um, in April 1947, Dr. Alexander submitted a... Memorandum to the United States Council for War Crimes, outlining six points for legitimate medical research, which let me just preface this, why I'm going into this, because, and we've talked about this before, um, because of the state of emergency and the way that these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines were rolled out, there was no animal testing. There was no testing done with these vaccines. So the human beings became the lab rats, literally, figuratively, every way possible so and you're still the lab rats these are still this is still trial and error phase there is nothing we're not even close to figuring this out as everybody can see um all the headlines like we have finally figured one out no it's no you haven't so we all know that but this is what i'm talking about accountability because um uh, an earlier re- version of the code, known as the mem- memorandum, which sta- I talked about already, uh, six versions. So the verdict reiterated the memorandum's points and, in response to expert medical advisors for the prosecution, revised the original six points of the memorandum to ten points. The ten points became known as the code, which includes such principles as informed consent, absence of coercion, properly formulated scientific experimentation and beneficence towards experiment principles. It has been mainly based on the Hippocratic Oath, which is interpreted as endorsing the experimental approach to medicine while protecting the patient. So the 10 points of the Nuremberg Code, which we've violated, in my opinion, all 10 during this mRNA COVID push, The very first line in number one of the Nuremberg Code is the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential. This means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion, and should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him or her to make an understanding and enlightened decision. None of which we had, and that's just in number one for this shot. What we had was coercion, push media, manipulation, lies, misinformation. Not only that we had, um, Pushing, uh, burying any therapeutics that could have been used because of the state of emergency, because money was behind all of this. I know I'm. I'm not trying to sound like you know. I'm. It's sounding a little like conspiracy theory, but this is not. I am just reading the facts of the Nuremberg Code, and. Think about it for yourself if you think these things were portrayed correctly. I know it was a state of emergency. People were scared. But also, once that passed, we absolutely, none of this happened. And our rights were totally, this was not followed in any way, shape, or form. And we were coerced, absolutely, and still are being. Fraud is being, for sure, element of force. If you don't get vaccinated, you're fired. I would call that force. Um, Okay, so number two. The experiment should be such as to yield fruitful results for the good of society, unprocurable by other methods or means of study, and not random and unnecessary in nature. Boom. We hit number two, smacked it right in the face. Um, There is absolutely no results at all. Not only that, so let's talk about for the good of society. This I will get back to in the... um, In sorry, just fumble through the paperwork here as I am reading this. But once we get to the Great Barrington Declaration, in terms of what good for society is and what the government has the power to do and think, is it's that is we stepped way over our bounds in terms of the experiment should be such, which it was and it still is an experiment. We can all agree on that. I think everybody can agree on that. Results for the good of society. Well, that didn't happen. Three, the experiment should be so designed and based on the results of animal experimentation and a knowledge of the natural history of the disease or other problem under study that the anticipated results will justify the performance of the experiment. None of that did we have. We didn't even have animal experimentation. We had no, nothing. Zero. Number four. The experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. We didn't do any of that. Um, here's, <laughs> number five. No experiment should be conducted where there is an a priori reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur, except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects. That's strange. Um, did we do that? Maybe. How many doctors got it? And then, I mean, that's the, the one that they kind of followed because I think everybody was getting the shot. Um, number six, the, risk of, the, the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. So we didn't have time. We didn't even have time to, to even try herd immunity deal with any of this to make it an endemic which eventually now it is but they they didn't even consider this they didn't think about any of that um number seven proper preparations should be made okay so there were none there were no preparations made and adequate facilities provided to protect the experiment subject against even remote possibilities of injury disability or death none of that happened Number eight, the experiment should be conducted only by scientifically qualified persons. The highest degree of skill and care should be required through all stages of the experiment of those who conduct or engage in the experiment. So we did have that, and those people were telling us this mRNA is fucked up. It can injure you. Do not put it in people, and they were blacklisted and pushed aside. I mean, that's a fact. The gentleman who's got nine patents on the mRNA technology said himself, do not put this in people. He got it himself, almost died, said this is bad. Okay. Number nine, during the course of the experiment, this, and this is assuming that animal trials have already been done and all this other stuff. The human subject should be at liberty to bring the experiment to an end if he has reached the physical or mental state where continuation of the experiment seems to him to be impossible. That's where we're at. Um, this is not working, it hasn't worked we need to end it right the shot didn't work so then we needed a booster then you needed a second booster then you needed a third booster all this is saying is that the shit ain't working so we should be able to say no we're done it's over we the people okay 10 this is the last one during the course of the experiment the science the scientist in charge must be prepared to terminate the experiment at any stage if he is if he has probable cause to believe in the exercise, of in good faith, superior skill and careful judgment required of him that a continuation of the experiment is likely to result in injury, disability, or death to the experimental subject. Dr. Fauci, that's your job. You didn't do it. You're not doing it because your pockets are lined with money. So Pfizer has bought off all 10, all 10 of the Nuremberg Code and said, fuck it to all of it, okay? Um, <clears> okay. <throat> Let's talk about the importance of this. So the code's not officially accepted by law um, by any nation, but um, in fact, the code's reference to Hippocratic duty to the individual patient and the need to provide information was not initially favored by the American Medical Association. Shocker. They want to have the power to fuck around and do whatever they can. So... um, Let's see. I I, I tried to find what they call the common rule. Now it's very hard to kind of figure out exactly what the common rule is, but it's, it's now codified in part 46 of title 45 of the code of federal regulations. Um, they're enforced, those are enforced by the institutional review boards, the IRBs. Um, and in 1966, International covenant on civil and political rights was adopted by the United Nations. And after enough nations had ratified the covenant, it came into force on the 23rd of March, 1976 article seven prohibits experiments conducted without the quote, free consent to medical or scientific experimentation of a subject. As of September, 2019, the covenant has 173 States parties. So in 1995, Judge Sandra Beckwith ruled in the case of re-Cincinnati radiation litigation, the Nuremberg Code may be applied in criminal and civil litigation in the federal court of the United States. What I'm getting at is that they've broken the law with every overreaching scenario that they've done, the government, in terms of this shot. Um, You can get a copy of the Nuremberg Code online. I think I pulled mine off Wikipedia. But um, that's something that a lot of doctors talk about and go by. And I think it's extremely important that people realize that we are the living lab rats right now. So they are – this is – what the government has done is more than an overreach, and these state of emergencies, we we need to ve- like you know fine tune them and also fine tooth comb look through them. And what does that allow them to do? Because we've realized it allows them to do whatever the fuck they want, and for however long they want. They keep reinstating it; they can do whatever. So please be really careful who you're voting for. You're giving those people more power than I think we ever understood, and this pandemic has blown open that. Pandora's box of the fact that we are voting for these people, we kind of like eh, whatever. Until, but they have the power, your governor, to do whatever he fucking wants with a state of emergency. So here's the bait, <clears throat> the Great Barrington Declaration, and it was written by th- like I think I mentioned three different doctors. Um, Doctor, I'm gonna butcher this, but Doctor J. Pattacharya. He's the professor professor at Stanford University Medical School, a physician and epidemiologist, a health economist, and a public health policy expert, focusing on infectious diseases and vulnerable populations. Dr. Sanutra Gupta, professor at Oxford University and epidemiologist with expertise in immunology, vaccine development, and mathematical modeling of infectious diseases. Okay, that's another one. Dr. Martin Koldorf, professor of medicine at Harvard University, a biostatician uh, and epidemiologist with expertise in detecting and monitoring of infectious disease outbreaks and vaccine safety evolutions. That sounds like three people that should really know what they're talking about and what they're doing. Please go read the Great Barrington Declaration online. Um, They talk about focused protection. That's one of their main terminology that they use. I don't want to read the whole thing because it's long, but basically they say everything we did was fucking wrong in terms of how we handled the pandemic. Um, And they came together to write this one-page thing. What it basically says, um, what we should have done is worked on therapeutics, let the older people, you know, protect the older people, let the kids, lockdowns are horrible. Let me just, I'm going to read some of this and try to stay with me. So as, this is the, as it opens, as infectious disease epi- epidemiologists and public health scientists, we have, ga- we have grave concerns about the damaging physical and mental health impacts of the prevailing COVID-19 policies and recommend an approach we call focused protection. Coming from both the left and the right and around the world, we have devoted our careers to protecting people. Current lockdown policies are producing devastating effects on short and long-term public health. The result, to name a few, including lower children vaccination rates, worsening cardiovascular disease outcomes, fewer cancer screenings, and deteriorating mental health, leading to greater excess mortality in years to come, with the working class and younger members of society carrying the heaviest burden. Keeping students out of school is a grave injustice keeping these measures in place until a vaccine is available will cause irreparable damage with the under with the underprivileged and dis, dis disproportionately harmed fortunately our understanding of the virus is growing we know that the vulnerable to death of covid-19 is more than a thousandfold higher in the old and infirm than the old and infirm than the young indeed for children covid-19 is less dangerous than many others including influenza right so The flu is more harmful. This is at the very beginning, the very first COVID strain, the alpha. Um, As immunity builds in the population, the risk of infection to all, including the vulnerable, falls. We know that all populations will eventually reach herd immunity, i.e. the point at which the rate of the new infections is stable and that this can be assessed, assisted by, but is not dependent upon a vaccine. Our goal should therefore be to minimize mortality and social harm until we reach herd immunity. The most compassionate approach that balances the risk and benefits for reaching herd immunity is to allow those who are at minimal risk of death to live their lives normally, to build up immunity to the virus through natural infection while better protecting those who are at higher risk. We call this focused protection. I won't read. Well, I won't read the rest, but um, it's uh, it's a very simple scenario that these and this is what they've reached. These guys are all epidemiologists and infectious disease control experts. This is what they said we should do in the beginning. And the money slammed the door in their face. That's what this did. And it harmed our people and it continues to because of greed. And that's all there is to it. So just, you know, so those who are not vulnerable should immediately be allowed to resume life as normal. Simple hygiene measures measures such as hand washing and staying home when sick should be practiced by everyone to reduce the herd immunity threshold. That's kind of what we do anyway, right? I mean, people wash their hands on a daily basis when people are sick. They generally don't want to leave their house and they stay home. Schools and universities should be open for in-person teaching, Extra extracurricular activities such as sports should be resumed young low-risk adults should work normally rather than from home restaurants and other businesses should open arts music sports and other cultural activities should resume people who are more at risk may participate if they wish while society as a whole enjoys the protection conferred upon the vulnerable by those who have built up herd immunity um i just that needs to be out there i i This has been shown now, of course, um, in hindsight. These guys were 100% right. This vaccine's horseshit. And they've broken the Nuremberg Code, the entire government. So take a look at it yourself. Listen back to this if I talk too fast. It was just a lot of um, garb, uh, a lot of statistics to get through. But I thought it was really important to get out there and have people know about our medical community. Money bought off everything state of emergencies crushed anybody following any rules or regulations and continues to do so. So let's get our asses out of our state of emergencies so that accountability can start happening and people can start paying for what they've done to us. Let's go.